Hey guys, welcome back. This is Chris Bircher, and this is Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, Episode 93, Good and Evil. Uh, if you liked Episode 92, you'll know that that one was uh, kind of a mess, right? And so so is this. I'm not going to definitively, in 25 minutes, define good and evil for all in all. These are, these are questions, especially these last episodes going up to Episode 100, these are questions we have no answers to that people have been talking about for thousands of years, right? They're the important questions that that either plague you or that you really like thinking about. And, uh, you know, when I interviewed um, David McCraney from um, You Are Not So Smart podcast, you know, we talked about uh, that angst, which I think he said Kant coined the term angst or, or one of the philosophers. And it's that it's that circular thing you do in philosophical thinking where you get an idea and you think it's great and you start thinking about it and you think about it and you come up with all these great ideas and then you start to cycle on the backside and you end up exactly back where you started with no new answers. And you know what? That's science. It's so funny. I got away from philosophy a little bit there in my 20s, 30s, and 40s uh, because of that, because you never really get anywhere. You never solve any problems, you know, but you come up with new information. And the same is true for science. We very rarely actually come up with any real meaningful evidence for anything. We come up with something a little bit. You know, you you get a $100,000 grant, you spend three years, you write a paper, and you have this little thing that says something like, well, you know, now we know a little bit more about that. But now we have 50 million new questions about that that we don't know. Uh, my uh, One of my professors in uh, graduate school, Don Young, said science is like entering a dark room and shining a flashlight in one little point in that room, and that's your entire commitment of your or, uh, your your whole career. That's all you do is you light up one little point in this giant black void in the world, and that's what science does. Well, it's the same thing with thinking, right? I'm not going to answer. I'm, I'm going to tell you what good and evil is, but I am going to go through a thought process based on an experience that I had. Recently, and white privilege, I am a lucky man. My wife, uh, and it's something I've I've been thinking about in the eight or nine years that I've known her. Uh, one day, she well, she mentioned a long time ago that she you know might be able to go to these conferences. And you know, when when uh, professionals go to conferences, a lot of it's paid for. And you know, if they're smart professionals, the conferences are always in tropical locations that you want to go to anyway, and they set it up so that you're only in there for half a day. Well, we went to one of those in Hawaii. Long story short, I got to spend. Uh, a week in Hawaii with my wife and my youngest daughter. None of my older girls could go. One, because it would be too expensive, and two, because it was during school. And I had some spiritual experiences in Hawaii. But one of the things that bothered me, and it's not picking on Polynesians or uh, Hawaiians in general, was the history. I, oh, I love going places, and the first thing I want to know is, all right, what's what happened here? Like, what, you know, tell me what's going on. Uh, what's happened prior to this? Like, how did people get here? What's the history? What's da 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 da? And one of the things that you learn when you learn about, you know, Polynesia in general, there's a whole, there's a handful of theories we don't really know. Um, people either left like Vietnam, and anyway, people traveled through the South Pacific Islands to get to Hawaii, and on the way, there was a whole lot of fighting. And a lot of the luau's and 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 the different different ways of explaining Hawaiian history uh, have a lot to do with battles and wars and death. And I just and I and I found myself in this place that's so ridiculously beautiful and peaceful. 
I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's not just me, right? Uh, but that sort of South Pacific blue waters and green islands and the volcanic uh, history is just exceptionally pleasing to the human vision and spirit and everything there is about it, uh, which is why rent is $4,000 a month if you want to live in Maui. It's amazing. And so that juxtaposition of like this amazing beauty and this this history of war, which could be a lot of different things, right? It could just be the prideful way that history explains these kings, and um, but just you know, this is not unusual uh, for me to have as an experience. I remember going uh, to Central America and sort of learning about the Mayans and the freaking uh, you know human sacrifices and babies and to make it stop raining and just like brutality, right? Okay. So it's hard to tease apart brutality from human history. It's a thing. And I'm not, again, not picking on Hawaii or Central America or any of that stuff for having this. It's it's probably a universal theme. And well, just think about freaking America, right? Genocide, mass genocide of an entire subspecies of the human race, all the native cultures that lived on what is now the United States, when our white asses came from Europe. And it's the story that we tell is ridiculous. It's like, we're so amazingly great. No, <laughs> we're warlike. We're, we're mean. We're evil, could be argued. And so the question arises, are human beings, homo sapiens, biology, species, all of it, DNA-based organisms, are we evil? And how do we deal with this if, it's, if we are? I want to be peaceful. I tend on the side of... You know, pacifism, nonviolence, that makes me comfortable, but maybe that's just not who we are or who I am. As much as I would like that to be true, maybe I ought to just embrace it, and maybe that's what the Hawaiian history and culture is doing. Uh, is just saying, you know what, we did some things. Now, I wish I wish Americans would do that and say, we did really bad things, but we tend to be revisionist and pretend like, you know, it's fine that we did those things because it's all in the name of whatever. Um, but the question arises... As are we good or are we evil? Now, my opinion and my intuition and my thoughts and my reason and my evidence-based conclu- semi-conclusions at the moment in time that are dynamic and changing, right? It's hard to talk about that stuff. My beliefs are that there is violence, but that if given the choice... People are going to be inherently good. And and I'll put this in the show notes, but I read a book uh, on this very subject, and I can't remember the author or the title of the book right now, but it was an investigation into the evidence that exists in the world, the the universe, of whether or not humans are good and evil. And we tend to learn things like I did in Hawaii that, well, we did. there was a lot of violence. Uh. And his example was The Lord of the Flies and how that was, I think that book won a Nobel Prize. So the popularity of that book was massive, right? You put a bunch of kids on an island, you're testing the theory of good and evil. The author suggests that this is based on a true story and that the, the, the group of people, of course, like devolved into eating each other and, you know, whatever happened in Lord of the Flies, I don't remember, but it was bad. It would support the people are evil. Uh, conclusion, whether the people are good conclusion. Well, it turns out that the story that that was based on, it wasn't true. The, the culture did not devolve into cannibalism. 
they actually did pretty well and they figured out how to peacefully coexist. But that just wasn't sexy. That didn't sell the book. And so the story was invented that this is how people are. It won the Nobel Prize. It became the dominant thinking of uh, psychology that... You know, given our druthers, if this happens, uh, humans are going to make bad decisions. And if you look at history, we've we've cherry picked the examples of brutality and sort of made those the status quo. But in truth, there's plenty of stories, according to this book, and he lays out all the evidence. It's it's awesome. That sort of, you know, by the time I finished it, I'm like, we just told the story wrong. <laughs> We chose, we made a decision. We said, are humans good and evil? And the majority of us went, we're evil. And I don't know if this has to do with like biblical stories or like, why would we ever pick that? I certainly wouldn't. Now, again, I'm more of a pacifist and nonviolent. I am going to argue um, the position that humans are basically good. Uh, and given enough time and enough choices and enough freedom and enough privilege and enough opportunity, we're going to make the right decisions. It's when we're cornered and our backs are up against the wall that we're going to fight back. We're snakes, right? We're reptiles. We, 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 we have the capacity to do evil, sure, because we're 150, 200-pound biological organisms with opposable thumbs and, and brains and cunning and, and, and muscular strength. Yeah, we can do stuff. But I firmly believe that the evil that we do is a result of misalignment, right? Or of our integrity, of not getting needs met, of not understanding ourselves, of being afraid. You know, evil comes from fear, right? There are emotions and feelings and states of mind that are less desirable, less comfortable um, than others. And if you spend all of your time in those states, I think that is a recipe for evil. Yes, you are going to be more angry. You're going to do more. And all those are natural feelings. And, 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 and I think in a idealized lifestyle, if I'm God or I'm DNA or I'm the Big Bang or whatever, and I'm laying out this thing, my hope is that you're going to feel equal amounts of all of it. And your evil is going to be balanced by your good and the yin and yang and all that stuff is going to be the, the way of the day. I just, it makes sense to me. It just seems reasonable. And you see a lot of evidence for this, right? You get the good with the bad and it comes and goes and cycles and all that. And so I think <clears throat> evil and good are natural partners in a human's and probably any organism's daily life. And they come basically from happy and sad, comfort and discomfort, right? And so if these things are in a, a commensurate, equitable balance, then you don't get things like genocide or war, right? We come out of it or we, and we bring each other out of it. And so that, and that's, I think everybody can sort of grasp that approach, that good and evil are both inherent and that neither one of them should become dominant. And I think what happens is group mentality, uh, you know, collective opinion, um, fear, lack of safety, uh, struggle, strife, discomfort, when those things become pronounced across large groups of people, then the pendulum sort of pushes more towards evil. And that's sort of sets the stage, if you will, for bad things to happen. 
And I'm not saying that wars and deaths and murder that happen in Hawaiian cultures or Central American cultures or European cultures or all the cultures are avoidable. But I think if we really wanted to learn from history, that's the way we would look at it. We would sort of say, what happened here? You know, what were the, um, the global circumstances at all scales with all types of people that led up to this? And I think to a certain extent, we kind of do this sometimes. Like with the war in Ukraine right now, a lot of people are looking at World War II and Hitler and sort of saying what's going on, what really happened. Um, but initially what we do is we tell a bad story, like the freaking Lord of the Flies. We come up whatever the sexy media headline is that we think is going to be, that people are going to want to be to be interested in, that's going to sell papers or books or headlines or clicks or whatever it is, and that's what gets out. And that sort of artificially drives people in these negative directions. And yeah, that that's only setting the stage for bad to happen. We have, we all have the capacity and maybe even the propensity for violence. Uh, but don't we want to make attempts to balance the world, you know, to keep us in the middle, you know, to, to keep things swinging? And I, I, I think there's two errors we do. One, we do the, the scenario like uh, the, the social dilemma and social media, and we sort of push people in this direction that maybe generates dollars, but also leaves uh, dissatisfaction and um, struggle and strife and sort of less desirable conditions in its wake uh, that leaves people sort of in a situation which makes evil uh, or bad things more likely. Uh, And we don't offset them with positivity because positivity has, has become toxic nowadays and it's and and once things get so bad you can't come out and go oh just believe that you're going to be a millionaire and the secret will you know save your life that doesn't help either we need just a more honest and less clickbaity uh, way to analyze. And if you go back to my last episode with intuition that's sort of what I was getting at. Why do we allow collectively these things to happen. You know, it's like we're all enablers to some degree. We, we all enable history to be told the way it is because there are no mechanisms to sort of call bullshit on it. So we still celebrate Thanksgiving, for God's sakes, and we envision John Smith sharing the turkey with the native tr- cultures. You know, is that accurate? <laughs> Shouldn't we be at least talking about the bad crap that happened? Shouldn't we have some degree of remorse or guilt for the wonderful house that I live in that probably used to be a Native American, you know, uh, village? Maybe. And, And as these things are happening, like the war in Ukraine right now, isn't there an accurate way to tell that story that isn't clickbaity and headliney and you know uh, uh, has an agenda behind it to generate money? Like, what's the real story? And can't we do anything about it? Aren't there entities and programs like governments set up to do that? And are they doing it? And do we know what's happening? And maybe there are very good reasons why we don't, like common people like me and you, 
don't ever find out about this stuff. And the best we can do is read some article in the paper that at best represents a balance of everything that's going on. But at worst, it was intended for you to read it. And so it captured your attention in whatever way it had to, which probably points you in a direction of less accuracy. You know, can't we use all of the tools that we have, the science, the opinion, the, the idea, the intuition, the thinking, the, the, the constructive assessment tools to understand the realities that we're in in a better way that more accurately reflects what's actually happening? And can't those become the stories that we tell? And why aren't they? Maybe people are neither inherently evil nor good, but maybe we're just inherently sloppy or lazy and not doing this. Or maybe the organization of peoples, call it government, um, call it leadership, maybe that's inherently flawed. And, and really, we just don't have the skill set to choose the summarizers, <laughs> right? We can't all do it. We can't all go over to Ukraine and go, okay, what's really happening here? We can't do that. We have to send representatives to do that. And that's either our leaders and the government and the media and anybody else that has access. And we we trust their ideas. And maybe, I've said this before, maybe we're just selecting those people poorly. You know, maybe we should, the people who should be in those roles are the ones that go kicking and screaming that don't want to do it because they actually have the best characteristics, you know, the, uh, the, the minimal bias, the, the sort of um, 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 omniscient narrator sort of, sort of, sort of um, uh, approach to life or, or personality. You know, it's maybe it's not uh, people who want money and power are not the people we should be selecting for these positions. Maybe the anti-capitalists are the ones who should be running everything. I, I don't know what the answer is. Again, this is hard stuff. But I think the common person left to their own devices, it would be interesting, and I'm sure this has been done before, and I would almost guarantee you that the answer is most people think we're good. If you can remove or minimize the fears and the things that motivate us to say, to to answer that question. You know, if you've been mugged, if you live in a violent neighborhood, if you've been raped, beaten, and you've experienced these things firsthand, you're probably more likely to answer that question with, well, people are inherently evil. Why else would this have happened to me? I get that. But if you could remove those things or paint a more accurate picture of the balance of of the bad in the world with the good in the world, I think we would all sort of see a picture emerge that shows individuals struggle with good and evil, but we all want to choose the right thing. We all want to choose the good thing. We all want to believe in happily ever after. It's the fear of getting taken advantage of by the evil people or by letting, by being unlucky and being in a situation where evil wins that motivates us to believe in it. We can't all believe in happily ever after rainbows and unicorns because to varying degrees, we have a differential opportunity and differential pain uh, that we've experienced. And that's, that's unfortunate. But I think the way that we tell stories, and maybe that's what it comes down to, the way that we make decisions, see the last episode, the way that we tell stories, maybe a new episode, uh, and the way that we share this information with one another is, is flawed if our conclusions 
are so adamantly evil because I just don't believe it. And I'm happy to be a part of any discourse that discusses this topic further. Um, And like anything, I consider my opinions, my positions, my um, intuition even to be dynamic and ever-changing. And so who knows how I'll feel about this in the future. But right now, I think people mean well. And uh, that's how I choose to move through my life. I hope that doesn't bite me in the ass. (laughs) Anyway, this has been uh, Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom, Episode 92, Intuition. I'll see you guys next week. Take it easy.